it's interesting how much headache could be saved just by bringing in somebody who is one of the naysayers, like we talked about last week. One of the people who is not a yes man, one of the people that is not there to just make you feel good, but somebody who can come in and tell you what you're doing wrong. This is Marketing Breakthrough. Whether you've been at it for years in your job, you own your own company, you're crushing the side hustle, or you're just getting started, outside perspective is crucial. I'm Jay. And I'm India. And it's time for a breakthrough experience in your marketing journey. Let's get to it. When I think about customer service, I think the top notch example that I can come up with is Disneyland. And I realized that we just went there. So it's still fresh in my head about when you walk into this park and, and you see this completely different world, but every little detail from the moment that you walk in, from what you see, what you hear, even what you smell, all of those things have been taken into consideration. The location of garbage cans, the food, the music, all of these pieces have been hand chosen, hand picked by people so that you would have a very specific experience in every spot that you are standing in that park. It is just incredible when you think of the detail and the work that they put into that. It creates an immersive world that you are going into. And I know that we've referenced Disneyland in the past because they do create, uh, I mean, they create a phenomenal experience. And I think there are very few people that would argue with that. But from the, <laughs> from the, the time that you get, get into the park and they have, they call it rope drop, where you know, they let everybody line up and then they let anticipation build. And it's similar to that of, I can't remember if I've, I've talked about the example, but like the, the same build of anticipation, if you wait for Costco to open, they do the exact same <laughs> thing. I, it's, it's for a completely different reason. Those of you that know um, Costco and shop there, you completely understand. But like, yeah, if you go there in the morning and if you have like the business membership and you can go an hour early and you can get there with all of the business owners and you can get in. And, and I think it's the senior citizens that get in an hour early as well. And you wait and they, it's like, it's like people waiting outside, people gathering waiting for this store to open, which is cool. So anyway, you've got Disneyland, which is, which, you know, I, I like to think that Disneyland just took that from Costco. But, um, <laughs> no, they did, they did not. But it's this immersive world. And so you're going in, and, and, but they've thought about the details of how it's going to feel. And the other experience that we recently had was Universal Studios, which is a, another theme park, another amusement park, and it's fun. It has its own, um, own magic and its own way of being exciting, but it's not the same. When you compare the two parks, or even that of your everyday theme park down the road, or even just a state fair, all of those things, I mean, when you start looking at the difference, when you, as a, as a customer, and you walk into those experiences, you suddenly see, oh, wow, Disneyland is in a completely different world of their own. And then you look at Universal and they do incredible job for sure. But there are still little things that you didn't even realize that Disney was doing that Universal doesn't do. And you don't even see it until you've experienced both. And I think the best example that I've got is we were standing in line for the Jurassic Park ride. And I saw one of the what Disneyland would refer to as a cast member. But I would say just one of their employees. And he was dressed up in his 
Jurassic Park costume garb thing for the for the show or for the ride. And he he was walking through, but in his hands he was carrying food. And it was weird because first off, it's not that weird for someone to be carrying food. <laughs> but it was weird because I realized having just been at Disneyland, I have never seen a cast member carrying their own personal food. And it dawned on me, wow. They have so many, you would suggest that it was strict rules, but really what it came down to is they're not supposed to break that character. And for the, the guy that was working at Jurassic Park, I mean, he was just hungry. He was just getting some lunch, just like your every, everyday regular person. And it, it showed the difference. And then I thought, wow, someone made the effort to add that detail in and say, no, we're going to take our breaks where no one can see us. We're going to make sure that we keep the magic alive at every second of the day. And that was what really blew me away. And then you go to the theme park down the road and you've got teenagers running it. And that's a completely different environment. Well, and that, and that some, somewhat has to do with the, you know, the foresight and the planning. And the, I've never been there, but the, the rumors of the underground tunnel system at Disneyland, and um, which I, w- I would love to see someday. And if you're listening to this and you have access to the underground tunnel system at Disneyland, and I would hope that we've added enough value to your life that you would just, you know, help us get in. And I yes, want to see this. I want to <laughs> see this. Anyway, but they have ways to sneak around without the, the general public. You know, the people that have been in the park that are walking around and roaming and are, are patrons of the park. It allows you to stay hidden from them. And so there's, there's that foresight and that planning. And Universal was just a, a different experience. It's mm-hmm. just, it's a little bit. Um, they just don't put, I think, as much intentionality into, into that. And it's, and it's a different style. It's more behind the scenes as opposed to creating that immersive experience. And don't get us wrong. We're not saying that Universal is bad or Disneyland is good. It, it's just different. And I think the reason that this really came up was because in conversation, we realized that it took so much more work for Disneyland to bring it up to that level. And that's really what we're focusing on today in this episode is constructive criticism for crafting customer experiences. And this is so important because you want your customers, your clients to have something to rave about. You want them to have something to talk about, something to review. We talked last week, if you, if you haven't listened to it, um, we talked about the naysayers in last week's episode, but we also talked more importantly about something that is remarkable. Something that is worth talking about, worth sharing about, an experience, a, an object, a piece of the puzzle that people will remember. That can be an emotion. Absolutely. That can be a, a memory. That can be a moment in time. So when we talk about bringing in somebody who is a naysayer in regards to last week's episode, but also, but more, more than that. Somebody that's just not a yes man. Somebody that's just not there to make you feel good. And the reason is because you need to know what people who don't already love you are experiencing. Mm. Let's say you've got a grocery store. And you want to know what is it like when someone walks in and really experiences our store? Do they feel like this is a, an inviting place? Do they understand where the signage is directing them? Do they know how to navigate the store and to find certain items? And what will it be like for them when they interact with the cashiers at the end of their shopping experience? 
Absolutely. And we've done this actually for, for churches and nonprofit organizations where we have been, uh, we have offered our services to come in and, and walk through because it's a live experience, because similar to that of Disneyland or Universal Studios is in, in some ways, it is so helpful for these places to receive feedback from somebody who is not a, you know, a regular attender. So if you go to Disneyland enough, you become acclimated to the systems and the processes and everything that they do. Well, in the same way, when you are a part of a, a nonprofit organization, a community-led thing, whether it's a church or whether it's a, a club or however it is, maybe it's a yacht club and you come in and you're, you're used to it. You're used to the way that it acts, the way that it interacts, the way that it uh, it treats people, but you need, if you want to improve, if you want new members, if you want other people to feel as welcoming or as welcomed as you think that your experience is, as your community is, you need someone who's not a part of that community to come in. Mm-hmm. And, and pick it apart, really. Oh, absolutely. You need that person to come in and say, huh. Yeah, this is not welcoming. Like you talk about how welcoming your culture is. I came in to be a part of this community group, this live event, or even honestly, even Universal, if they had a secret shopper to come in and go, man, if comparing the two, it's very different. Mm-hmm. It, it has a different experience. India was telling me when we were there that she had seen a, a cast member, as Disney would call them, but just a staff member at Universal. And they were walking around, they just looked exhausted, defeated, and overwhelmed, and tired, heat exhaustion, right? And it's a different experience. It's just not something that people really want to see, you know, even if you have to coach your team to say, hey, hide your emotion. Like, we want you to be real, but, and you can, you can vent, but behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And so if it's a, a, a club, like I mentioned, a yacht club or a, or a church gathering, you have these people that can come in and say, hey, like you said that, that the club would be really welcoming when I came in and I just joined and this does not feel welcome. This mm-hmm. does not feel like something I want to be a part of. And it's such a challenging thing to overcome, but it is more challenging to overcome if you don't know this. I want to take a minute to reference a previous episode, which was answer the questions that they're not asking. And it kind of relates to the situation because we had a perfect example. We were at a campground and we were driving in and we were told that we had parked our vehicle in the wrong spot, but they didn't have a sign up. And you think about it, something as silly as a sign really impacting someone's customer experience. So we had to walk all the way back from the pool. We had to go move our vehicle. It was really annoying. And I was like, man, why couldn't they just put up a sign? It's not that hard. And they had a barricade blocking off this other section of the parking lot. Mm-hmm. But because they had staff members and staff vehicles and construction vehicles coming in and doing some work behind that barricade, they had moved it to allow access. They had not put it back across the road, mm-hmm. which said the previous days it had, it had been up and it said no parking beyond this point. Well, they had moved it, which, and they had taken the sign down. And so it was literally just a barricade on the side of the driveway 
slash parking lot, which led me to believe, oh, we can park here now. It mm-hmm. was just that day. And it, it sounds nitpicky, right? When you think about it, it's like, okay, well, you know, you just follow the rules. It is what it is. But my point here is that think of a, a, a person who's already tired from the heat. They're already a little bit frustrated. And if they had had the sign there, then that person wouldn't have parked there and never would have even come up, never would have questioned anything. They would have thought, oh, okay, we'll park over here. They go to the pool and it's fine. But if that person is already tired and they've been at the, they finally made it to the pool, they're exhausted. And then a staff member comes out and says, you need to move your vehicle, but they didn't have a sign up. Then your thought is like, this sucks. I'm so frustrated. And they, it just ruins the day. And it's, it seems so silly, but something as subtle as answering a question that they're not even asking, having up correct signage, having explanations before the questions even come about, it eliminates all those concerns. And then people know exactly what they're supposed to do. And it, no one wants to feel dumb, but it eliminates that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you think about it, these Places are creating an experience. They're creating an experience from the moment that you walk through the door. They're creating an experience from the time that you pull into the parking lot. So if you think of like, I want to use the campground example and, and a hotel example, right? You get to a hotel that you've never been to before, or you get to a campground that you've never been to before. And you know that you have made a reservation, you have a confirmation number, and you have to check in. Well, nobody likes feeling dumb. Like India referenced, nobody likes feeling dumb. Nobody feels like they're lost, don't know where they're going, like they're overwhelmed, they're over, you know, just overburdened from the day or their drive or whatever the case is. So they get in and, or they pull into the parking lot and they don't know where to park. It doesn't say, you know, park here to check in. It doesn't say, here's the check-in office. There's three buildings when you pull into the parking lot. There's a big parking lot. There's a couple of signs that say one way. There's a couple of signs that say welcome, but there's nothing directing you to where you go. And and I've had this experience where you walk up to one of the buildings, three buildings, you walk up to one of them. You can see people inside, but you pull on the door and it's locked. Oh, so frustrating. And then worse, there's people inside and they're just looking at you. And... Now, they're not really feeling, they're generally not thinking, man, what an idiot for trying this door. But you feel generally, or Mm -hmm. I do, feel insecure about, oh, I shouldn't have opened the wrong door. But there's no signage. So then you go over to the next door and you have to walk past these windows in front of these people who are now watching you trying to figure out what you're trying to do. You go to the next set of doors and you open them and people say, oh, it's the other building. Okay, well, this all could have been avoided. So now I've taken you know, let's say five minutes, which isn't that much time, but it's way too much time for one of your customers to be lost. Oh, it harms the experience that reflects your brand and it makes your brand look bad. Oh, and, and this could have been saved by, you know, let's, let's say $300, $500 in signage, which, you know, it, I understand that some of these, some businesses or some campgrounds or whatever, they're like, ah, that's a lot of money to just mm-hmm. spend on signs. However, By the time I now get over to this third building and then I check in and generally check in is a confusing experience. There are very few places that have mastered the art of check in and making you feel like a king or queen the entire time. (laughs) Like there are very few places that make you go, oh, yes, I just love the check in process. Right. (laughs) Because there's always an issue with the credit card or there's an issue with, oh, your room's not ready or your campsite is, 
you know, somebody's still in it or whatever the case is. So you get there. And then by the time I get back to the vehicle, I've now spent probably 15 minutes because usually that check-in process can take about 10. So I would say on the, on the smaller side, 15 minutes, you get back. Uh, and then, you know, somebody else that's in the vehicle goes, was it that bad or what happened? And you're like, I don't really want to talk about it. I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm just irritated. Let's just go to wherever, you know, get to the room or get to the campsite. And this could have been avoided. And so now it has jaded the entire experience. Let's say mm-hmm. you're staying in that campground or hotel for an entire week. And now you're jaded. Now you're frustrated because the first impression was, I didn't even know where to go. I didn't know what to do. They didn't tell me. They didn't give me any direction. They didn't help me. They weren't kind. They weren't courteous. They didn't apologize for me not knowing where to go or because the, the first building was locked, right? It creates something unfortunate. And so for any business that wants to make sure that they are creating a better customer experience, you need somebody to come in and say, this is a terrible process. Somebody that, you, <laughs> somebody that your employees don't know, because mm-hmm. that's, going to, that's going to change things too. If like your employees know that, you know, Jeremy is your best friend. And Jeremy walks up and they're like, oh, hey, and they're going to treat him wonderfully, right? But if, but you need somebody who is an outside perspective that can come in and go, yeah, your, your host or your hostess or your, uh, your people at the front desk, they didn't even talk to me. They literally stared at me. And I've had this experience. Um, they looked at me. They talked to each other. They never once said, just a moment. They never said, can we help you? I'm the only person standing in the lobby. And it was awkward. People remember the negative experiences way more. And they talk about them way more. Oh, yes. Than the positive experiences. And so finding ways to eliminate that will help your brand flourish. Let's say you run a cleaning business and you have like 10 different people who clean for you and they go and clean different houses and they maybe they clean for businesses or whatever. And your brand prides itself on its excellent communication. But unfortunately, your people aren't the best at following up on emails and text messages or phone calls. They're not the best at explaining to the customers when things are going to happen or, or what the expectations actually are. That looks so bad for your brand and it portrays your brand as if it's lying. It eliminates customer trust and it will harm you so much more in the future. So bringing in that personal shopper to give that constructive criticism, in this case, if they called and they said, yes, I would like my house to be cleaned and you were the only one that knew that they were going to do this process but you wanted them to go through the whole system from beginning to very, very end, have them take detailed notes, have them explain everything and find ways to improve, not to just harp on your team. Like that's not what you want to do, but you want to find ways. Okay. How can I improve this? How can we be better communicators? How can we make sure that we are maintaining the promises that our brand makes? I have been a 
secret shopper on numerous occasions for various businesses, whether it's a retail location or whether it's an experience location or a live event or these different situations where I've come in and it's not about making people feel worse. And that's actually the thing that I I hate the most is that generally people are defeated. They feel Mm -hmm. burdened. They feel overwhelmed and they feel taxed and stressed out by even just by, by the communication. And I'll go into it saying, and, and if I'm hired, if I'm, you know, if they solicit the, the, the request, then they know that there's constructive criticism coming. But it still is or can be discouraging to deliver that news because a lot of times it comes down to the way that the team has been either communicated with or the way that the team is acting or behaving. And it's a, generally a result of them not knowing the expectations, them not having a super clear understanding from the the business owner or the management team, and them not having a very, very, uh, very crystal clear, hyper-focused understanding of what is their job. An example being a waitress or a waiter in a restaurant. And generally, that person would get hired with the belief that their job is to serve people. Mm -hmm. And that is incorrect. Mm -hmm. Your job is to make people's day. Yeah. Your job is to make people feel like they're the only one in the room. And there are a couple of waiters and waitresses that I've, that we've had throughout the years. And one of them was like at our, our hometown Applebee's and (laughs) he, he was next level. And I, I haven't seen him in a long time. I haven't been to Applebee's in a long time, but I mean, <laughs> like six years ago when I went, I think he was, he had just moved on from there. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got a job at some point at like a five-star, very high-end restaurant because mm-hmm. he could remember things. I mean, we, we went in there one time very late night and there were like 20 of us and he did not write down a single thing didn't mess up a single part of the order, even all the, you know, the add-ins and the, the substitutions. And he was just a phenomenal. Oh, we were a difficult party. Like nobody wanted, no one would want to serve that many people who were being that obnoxious or picky or whatever. And, and yet he just, he made us feel like a million bucks. And to clarify, everybody was very respectful. Oh yeah. It was just, you know, just, you know, you, you put, a, it's a big group. You put 20 people anywhere and it's just kind of difficult to communicate. And so for him to remember everything, but that person's job, what I want to get at is that that person's job is commonly misunderstood as my job is to serve people food. Your job is not to serve people food. Your job is to make people's day is to make people feel like they're the only person there. And if you can, get your team to master that. Um, and if you can bring in a secret shopper, if you can bring in somebody who's never experienced your brand, um, this, this goes for literally anything. Retail locations, it comes to a spa. Anytime I've gone somewhere for a massage or gone to a, a spa, I think it's one of the most, it can be one of the most uncomfortable situations for a man to go into. And, and I, I don't know, I can't, Obviously, I can't speak on behalf of women going into that spot, <laughs> but it is very uncomfortable. And if it's not clear, if you don't have somebody you know, friendly at that front desk, if you don't have clear communication, if you don't have clear understanding, it can be very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. 
So creating that experience, creating what you want people to experience and asking for outside perspective for someone to come in and pick apart what you do might be the best thing that you can do for your brand. I would suggest that constructive criticism on your customer experience is a requirement for success. I don't know anyone, anyone that is successful that's never done that. And don't think that we did that five years ago and we're done. I would almost challenge you if you can. I I think that it would be so important to fit that into your budget to hire somebody to come in as a secret shopper. Maybe you may have a friend from out of town that will do it for free, right? But to, to hire somebody, build that into the budget. And if somebody comes in and does it for free, you at least should take them to lunch. Oh, yeah. Talk about this. But, um, but bring somebody in. I would say if you're, if you're a quick-moving company, bring someone in once every six months. Mm-hmm. If you're a quick-moving, quick, moving, quick um, turnover in terms of like customer turnover and um, really just moving through the projects, your deliverables, all that, bring somebody in once every six months. If you are a little bit slower at making changes and, uh, and getting things done and you have a few less customers on a regular basis, maybe once every year. Mm-hmm. But I would not let it go more than once a year because if you want to keep your experience as number one, you need outside perspective. Once again, thank you so much for listening to our episode today. We hope that it has been useful and helpful. And if you think of somebody who it could be useful for as well, a business owner, a friend, whoever it is, somebody running an experience, would you please consider sharing this with them? I know I've talked about this before, but man, a podcast has changed my life. A book has changed my life. And so being able to give somebody a resource, and this is just a free resource you're able to give away, it's helpful to us, it's helpful to them. And we would love to know what stood out to you from this episode, what kind of experience you're creating, and uh, what you're doing to you know, take next steps and make something work. And maybe you are listening to this episode and you have decided you are going to figure out a secret shopper to come into your business, which is amazing. So we'd love to know what it was that stood out to you, what it was that you're doing to take action and implement this. And feel free to send us an email, aha at marketingbreakthrough.co. That's A-H-A at marketingbreakthrough.co. Have a great day and we'll see you in the next one.